God. Amen. Father in heaven, we thank you for this opportunity to come before your throne. We always find mercy, always find the grace to help us, that whatever we need help with, Father. You always give it to us. You're a no-fail God. We come in faith, and we do believe you, Lord. We love you, and we thank you for what you do for us, how you've called us. You take care of every little thing that we need, and we honor you today for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen and praise God. So we have our our new special this month, the month of, um, uh, uh, yeah, October. Is it October? Yeah. Yeah, like I said, October. Did I mention? No, I mentioned one day. Uh, Saturday was was the um, anyway. Saturday was the last day of September, and Sunday was the first. But anyway, somebody ordered one already, so I'm going to send them a bonus something. I'm not sure the name of that person, but I saw an order already um, uh, from the internet. I think because it's listed on there. So the first one. Uh, in the water gets the miracle. So remind me, uh, <laughs> whoever, oh, I gotta tell Tippy, remind me to send that person a bonus, probably another devotional or something like that. So maybe the new one, I'll send the new one. Uh, yeah, praise God. So anyway, it's our master prayer manual. This is $8. You pay the shipping and you get a, a devotional seven weeks to health and healing volume one. A lot of books on faith and healing that we do and and also the end times pastor shirley is our end time minister and uh, she's got some real good prophetic insights to the end times. so so our our books kind of go a theme and and of course the watchman that's our our main primary thing but eight dollars you pay the shipping free devotional and also want to remind you of our broadcast strong faith it is on k-d-a-y live and that's internet radio amen so you got to pay attention to the times because it's not a podcast where you can you can't cheat this one get on up out that bed on monday morning at nine or on wednesdays at 9 p.m and listen to the broadcast because it's very very enlightening uh it's all the way live not really live live but it was taped live so it's it's good it is you know it's always i like live because there are people there and god is speaking to people and there's an anointing to minister on that so that's always good so praise god so okay so we're still in our our um watchman teaching and uh we're talking about the strong man and how to uh, to spoil the strong man we're taking back what the devil stolen amen and there are a lot of different means to do that and this is not the only means to do it you know faith teachers tell you oh, faith you got to have faith for the you know to do this and that is true but you have to have faith in your assigned mechanism or or strategy or tools uh, that god gives you to do these things now we all have faith but we use it according to the gift of God that's given to us as well. And so when God gives you a specific gift to use, then you use your faith through its minister through that gift. And so the watchman is a, a, is out of the prophet's office. So it is a prophet's anointing that rides on these prayers. And you'll understand why when you understand more about the prophet and what they're called to do. Uh, they are foundation laying ministries. 
So in order for them to lay a foundation, you, you know, you ever seen somebody build a building? You dig up first, don't you? You've got to lay a foundation first. And so there's a lot of digging and excavating, a lot of dislodging and making known the principalities and powers the manifold wisdom of God. And that is the focus of our prayer ministry. Other people are called differently. They focus differently. But this is how we focus. It is prophetic and apostolic anointing where you have to go in boldly where no man has gone before and get something started. And many times that's why the church doesn't doesn't make much progress is because we're trying to get the wrong gift in the right place to do the wrong thing or the right thing. I don't know what it is, but people aren't schooled enough to understand the, the parameters of their gifting and what that gifting can do and what it can produce. Uh, I have a, a good friend that I've known for probably about 30 years. He and his wife are ministers. He has been all over everywhere. They call him a church planter, but he is an apostle. He, he that, that, that anointing's there. He'll go into a, a dry place, a dead place, and before you know it, he's got a church there, and it's pretty much full. You understand what I'm saying? You don't do that without apostolic anointing. You you are uh, ordained by God to go get something started, and you're not scared to go do it, and you're not waiting on an invitation, and you're not waiting on anything. You just start praying, and you know where to go, and you know how to go do. And so there are, are people like that. That their their calling is very very specific. He's an evangelist too. He's a great soul winner. But you, when you win souls, you got to have a place to put them, and you got to have something there. So so it's it's a good ministry and it's a productive ministry. And and we need ministries like that uh, in God. Other than that, you know, you're you're probably just gathering people together. And, you know, you can have a church that starts out on fire and then goes lukewarm because you don't have the right foundation for it. And so it's very, very important we understand these foundations. So uh, the prophet's ministry is one that's called to uproot, throw down, tear down, and then build and plant. So we, we it's like a, a construction company. You bring in the bulldozers when you need them. You Bring in the excavators when you need them, and then you start sending in the foundation, the bricks and the mortar and all that stuff and build from there. And so it's it's good because we we need to focus oftentimes on the uprooting aspect of it because people are always shocked when the devil comes in and starts to infiltrate and take over. Well, you never ran him out of town to begin with. you got to get him out of the picture so that you can build something pure. Because uh, he'll sit there and hand you bricks. You understand what I'm saying? He's always trying to get in on the foundation of things so that he can disturb everything and make it weak from the beginning. And so as we as we understand what God has called us to do and we pray and, and do the things that, that God has called us to do, we find that he starts building a sure foundation. His foundation is more secure. The other thing that the watchman does is that we must have a a a watching and military or or police force to keep the devil out once the building's there. And so this is why we pray the way we do and and continually addressing the same spirits. Why? Because they don't change. And that's a blessing for us. You know, your assignment doesn't change. You just know what it is when you see it and put your neck on it and, and stomp it and tell it it can't do what it's trying to do. 
and keep it moving. Makes it easy. Amen. Makes it very easy. So God won't let the devil switch up a whole lot and make it hard for us. He won't. So he's more or less waiting for us to come and occupy uh, these these places where the enemy is running rampant and doing whatever he wants to do. Uh, you have to have a spirit of faith and a spirit of confidence uh, and an anointing in you to not be overwhelmed by what you see in the natural. In fact, this is not something that's that's subject to natural sight. It's it's spiritual sight all the time. And the more you can uh, stay in the realm of the spiritual and not get over into the realm of the natural, uh, the easier it is to uh, take this all in stride. You know, this is just what I do. It's part of what I do. It's not a big thing. I don't go run around telling everybody about everything I see or everything I'm doing. You know, it's just kind of a routine thing, you know, like uh, like a policeman. He's not running around and telling everybody who I, I was at a, a bank and they tried to rob it. And I did this. They just, hey, this is their job. And many times when those people are singled out and, and thanked and applauded for what they do, they say, well, I was just doing my job. And it's not a false humility thing. It's just that's how they see it. They know what they're here to do, and and they do it, and and they're they're doing their job. It's not anything unusual, exotic, or whatever we may think. And so uh, we we have to learn how to keep ourselves in a place of watching, understanding, and ready to move when the Lord puts it in our our life to move. So we're going to talk about how how this warfare got started. Uh, don't take this warfare personally. It's been here for a long time before this actually before the earth was formed, I think. Not sure, but there's evidence in scripture that it was uh, something that began and so all of God's creation, because God is, is at war with the devil. It's been won already. The last thing that gets defeated is death. And in, in the last, um, I would say the last victory for God was humanity. So, so he has been longing to take us back from the devil. Amen. And so when, when, uh, Jesus comes to, uh, to capture his bride, take her back to heaven with him, the earth will be destroyed. And he there's a new heaven and a new earth coming. So God is not going to have, it's like, uh, you know, when you get married, you and your, your spouse go to a new place that you live in. You don't go to his place and he don't go to yours. And that was free. That's for a lot of people watching online that do that kind of stuff. You get you a new place to live. Amen. Uh, something where somebody hasn't lived in before, amen, <laughs> a new bed to sleep in, depending upon where you come from. You understand what I'm saying? All of that, everything fresh and new. And so that's what Jesus is. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. And so that place will go from heaven down to earth. The new Jerusalem will descend down to earth and, and everything will be brand new, brand new. And so because this earth, there's not much left to it that you you're going to want because the devil's already destroyed most of it and he continues to destroy it and people with it if he can. And so this war started in heaven. If you go to Revelation chapter 12, 
It says in verse 1, there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of 12 stars. Uh, people think that's a picture of the church, and some people say Israel, but you know Israel birthed the church, right? And she being great with child, and the child is the church for sure, and, and it's a picture of Christ, travailing in birth and pain to be delivered. There appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and horns, seven crowns upon his heads, and his tail drew a third part of the stars of heaven, those are angels, and did cast them to the earth, and the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child as soon as it was born. Now, this is something that's played out throughout history over and over and over again. Every time there's a move of God, what comes up? Abortion, either legalized or or a, a great, um, uh, uh, I would say, a, a dearth of live births. Population goes down. Why? Because the enemy knows leadership is coming. So he plots a plan so that he can thwart what God wants to do. When Moses came, these uh, uh, moves of God that are our life, uh, that are our are trend setting or changes, major changes, um, we were going from the patriarchs to the law. And the law came through Moses, right? So what did, what did the enemy do when Moses was born? He sent out an order for all the male child to be under two years old to be murdered. Same thing when Jesus came. Amen. So this is a repeated pattern of the woman who's about to give birth. When the church is about to give birth to a new move of God, there is an abortion decree sent out. So this should be a sign to the church. The fact that we have eliminated abortion legally in this nation. Now, there is a special mandate on America to carry the gospel. This has always been. Anybody who knows the history of moves of God can tell you uh, America was established to finance, to teach, to push the move of God throughout the earth. We push more missionaries, evangelists, more fivefold. We push more of the word, teaching of the word, Bible schools, all of that. We, we have done that for centuries, and God's not going to stop. That was his plan in setting up America. It wasn't for people to come here and make money and take everything. Now, money was part of it. We're always going to have to have money just to get things done in the earth. But that was not the purpose of a capitalist society or whatever kind of society we say we have here. It was to encourage the gospel, to birth the gospel, to, to, to uh, increase the gospel. So Jesus had to have a base of operation for that, and that's America. Whether you like it or not, whether you believe in it or not, it doesn't really matter. God knows what he's doing. I thank him for that. And so here we have this woman prevailing in birth. And then the, the devil sends out this hell out of his mouth to devour the child. So there is a call from hell whenever God's moving to do something. There's a call from hell to stop it. And it says she brought forth a man child. So he did not stop the birth. So the birth of the end time will not be stopped, folks. It's coming. 
and who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. That's Jesus. And his child was caught up into God and to his throne. And so Jesus is Lord of all. Always is, always will be, always has been. And the woman fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared of God that they should feed her a thousand and two hundred and three score days. And there was war in heaven. Now, this is this isn't in chronological order. This might be the war in heaven started first and then one through six happened. War in war in heaven. Uh, Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and the dragon fought with his angels and prevailed not except. Verse 4 comes in, he drew a third part of the stars of heaven, cast them to the earth. So Satan shot out of heaven like lightning. Amen. Jesus said he saw him fall like lightning from heaven. He has no power, been dethroned a long time, and he prevailed not. Neither was their place found in heaven anymore. So they're not going back to heaven. For people who think, oh, the devil could be saved too. Are you kidding me? You can't barely get your household saved. So shut up with that nonsense. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceives the whole world. He was cast out into the earth and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice in heaven says, now is come salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ for the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. And so this is the setup, folks. This is the war. It moved from heaven to earth. And that's why Jesus had to move to earth to fight the devil on his territory. He had to take back what the devil stole, but he had to come as a man and fight him mano a mano and take back his bride. That's us. Amen. So this is the greatest love story ever told. This is the greatest war story ever told. This is the war of the ages. And it's still going on. It's in its winding stages. But God is 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 stalling it because he has commanded that we occupy until he comes. We can't go to heaven whenever we want to. We can't call an end to this war because we want to. Because we're sick of the devil, we're sick of sin, or we're sick of this, and we, we just want this to be our, when's the rapture coming? It's not about that. No man knows the day of the hour. We begin, begin, we've been given instructions for what to do, and if you get to getting and carrying out what he's instructed you to do, it'll come sooner. Or if it delays, you won't care how long it takes because you'll be about the father's business. You got me? And so we have an assignment here. We have an assignment to conquer in his name and to occupy and not let the devil take it back. And this is the, the deception of the enemy. When Whenever a move of God gets successful, the enemy will move in with his patting people on the back and making gods out of men and so-and-so's got this ministry and -and so-and-so's got that anointing and -and so-and-so he flatters human flesh and people have one after another after another get the big head they think they're bigger than god they think they own everything they want to start bossing small church big churches want to tell small churches what to do all that stuff All that manhandling of his bride. Well, Jesus is not going to put up with that. 
So he'll say, okay, well, you don't qualify. I'm going to move. I got time. I'll get somebody else. See, people think because they've got a little corner of some knowledge in God that they're set for life. You're never set for life. We're living by faith down here, folks. You never know when the instructions might change up a little bit. God might decide he's going to use these people over here. Or he'll put you on hold and tell you, well, no, you stay doing what you're doing. Oh, that kills them. That big name people, that kills them when they have to do over and over and over again the same thing they've been doing. Because they want to think that the move of God has got to come through them. Once you think God can't do anything unless you're involved in it, you're in charge of it, you're in trouble. Because he put somebody in charge that don't know a whole lot about what they're doing. Just to keep you from losing your salvation and losing your place. And so this is true throughout ages, folks. That's why moves of God come and they fizzle out and God has to raise up again and it comes again. It's never coming in a, a, an escalating way. They, they're usually, when it escalates, it's because there's a remnant left that didn't buy and drink the Kool-Aid. And they stay true to God, and God uses that small remnant to carry his truth onto the next move and the next generation. But thank God these moves are like labor pains. They get closer and closer in duration as the birth begins to come come forth. And so as the end times are are coming closer, we're seeing more and more uh, ripples of the wave of God, the moves of God, the waves of God coming and coming in rapid succession until they will come a big wave that God will come in and be able to clean up this mess down here because it's a hot mess everywhere. Dictators are, are being raised up faster than you can. It, for a long time, dictators laid low because they saw what happened to Hitler and they got scared. But now you see them popping up everywhere now. Everybody wants to control everything. They're grabbing as much money as they can as fast as they can. Bankrupting everything as fast as they can. They don't care. Printing money, they don't care. And so this is something that's got to come to an end. It's got to stop. And so God is coming in to stop not only that, but he's also accelerating the anointing that he's placing on his people so that they can participate and be equipped for this move of God. And it's coming soon, folks. We can't see it. We can't what we know something. Did you ever get that feeling you you sense something's happening, but you don't have any real evidence of it? But there is just a sense of it. And so I believe that's that's where we're at now. There's a sense of something happening. And and I'm believing we're going to be a part of it. everybody sitting here today, everybody watching. We're going to be a part of it. Amen. We are. And so because God wants this done, he's not he's not kidding around. He's not lollygagging. He wants it done. And so uh, that's the war in heaven. And it's moved down here to earth. There's peace in heaven. There's everything's cool in heaven. Jesus is back on the throne again. But but there is still war. It's moved down here to earth. But it's a one war. The accuser, the brother, was cast down. He has no power. Jesus spoiled principalities and powers and, and took the keys of death and hell. But he gave us the keys of the kingdom. So he has to move us to do his work for him. And part of that work is watching prayer, 
watchful prayer and the watchman coming forth to do what God has called him to do and to be accountable to God for the work that, that we do down here on earth. So, so we were speaking about the Pharaoh spirit before. Uh, we need to talk about the other, um, uh, two, two other parties to the Godhead, and that's Ahab and Jezebel. And so if you think about how the devil structured his kingdom, what did he do when he was up there in heaven? He was a worship leader. We know that he, he was born with God created him with um, music on the inside of him. And he was very beautiful because of the the jewels of uh, his his music was pure and perfect. And it was described in different ways. But jewelry was one of the ways that it was described. He was accustomed to a lot of attention. Amen. So you need to understand that if you're called as a worship leader, you like attention, but you got to fight it all the time. Your gift likes attention. That's that's an attention getting gift. Uh, you see what people look at people in the secular. that do secular music. The things that they have done, you know, it used to be uh, people had good voices you know i remember back in the day some of the people that my parents enjoyed their singing they had excellent voices but they didn't carry a lot of antics to go along with it see and so if you they let the gift make room for them their gift spoke for them uh you you just we just uh uh lost tony bennett he lived almost a hundred years old his voice was still good even in his older years. Why? Because he capitalized on the voice and he was not gimmicky. He knew how he looked. He wasn't the finest thing, you know, on earth. But that voice, that gift made room for him. And he leaned into that gift. He perfected the gift. He took care of the gift. He did everything to make sure he was a good custodian of what God had given him. And many people enjoyed his singing. I'm one of them. I always enjoyed his voice. And so these are things that, that you need to understand. But but the music, uh, it now it's gotten gimmicky because people know it's hard. See, when you're limited on your, your ability uh, or you get under the influence of the wrong kind of people and they'll make a gimmick out of you. Amen. Um, they'll make a spectacle out of you. You got to have all these gadgets and, you know, smoke and fire. And I hate it when I see that kind of stuff coming into the church because we don't need that. Jesus is center stage in our in our services. And if that's not enough for you, this this ain't that place. You understand what I'm saying? We ain't like that. And so uh, you you have to understand that that the enemy will try and and um, embellish the gift, tarnish the gift, bastardize the gift, pervert the gift. He does everything to it to get it to operate the way he wants it to. And we got people who are into witchcraft who are up there entertaining people. And people don't even know what they're being entertained by. You got me? And so it, it's it's something. Now, there are some legitimate people who have... um Entertainment acts that are entertaining, 
you know, not gimmicky, but just entertaining. They're a little bit different. They got a little gimmick here, a little shift in something there. But it kind of adds to the overall enjoyment of what they present in a kind of a clean way. You know, there's some like uh, what's that girl Pink, the uh, gymnast. She added gymnastics to her act. And she's been able to get some of the best people. I mean, you know, if you, you kind of look at some of this stuff, like I'll read headlines and stuff and see and all of that. Jennifer Lopez lost most of her performers to Pink because this girl's pulling in all kinds of money and she can give them a contract. Well, J-Lo couldn't give them a contract. They were just going, you know, as long as she worked, they worked. Well, that used to be good back in the day, but people want some security now. And so her more athletic uh um helpers, dancers and her got just got pulled pulled over pulled over as competitive business, you know. But but that's trendy now. People like seeing that athleticism. They like seeing people swinging around, they like the circus, they like you know, they just entertains them in kind of more or less clean ways, clean as them people gonna be, but you know what I'm saying. But um but this this is how gifts operate. Musical gifts, especially, you have to be careful with with that kind of stuff because they they people people get attention, you know, that way. And and uh, you know, if you got a good quality voice, boy, people, oh wow, that was you blew it out. Now you know it gets attention. And so this is this is what we have to be uh, concerned about as as people of God. You don't want the gift to be bigger than you, and you follow the gift around. And then the enemy can do what he wants to do because you're dependent on that praise and you're dependent on that attention. And so we want to give all glory to God in these things. And and it's a hard thing to master for people sometimes. They try for a season and pretty soon they've kind of drifted. You see them singing with people in the world and, uh, you know, making music in these movies that make fun of the church. That That's the worst kind of thing to get involved in. And so... um you know, we we have to make sure that we keep that thing pure for God. You know, he's, he, he'll pay you. you got to believe him, though. You can't sell out and go to the world for your money or do worldly things for your money. You've got to trust God in it. And so uh, so this is where Satan was set up. He was set up and he kept admiring himself. He reflected on his own anointing. And and many people think that that's what iniquity is. It's the anointing turned inward. Amen. It's the anointing turned on you, stealing it from God, giving you credit for what you're doing instead of giving God the glory. Amen. And that'll cause anybody to fall. Amen. And so that's that's what happened when they say Satan was the anointed cherub. Yeah, but he turned the spotlight in on himself. And that's what caused him to fall. He fell into darkness. If you if you've stopped reflecting from the light of God, now think about it. God's light lights everything everywhere, and it lights everything in heaven. But if you're stealing God's light and making it reflect on you, the light you're creating is darkness. And he had no idea he was creating darkness until he woke up with a concussion on Earth. Amen. Amen. And so this is, and this is how you see this happen to people. They ride the edge of obedience and or over into disobedience. 
And because God doesn't crush them the first time they disobey, they think they got away with something. And they want to make a lifestyle out of it. Well, it'll it, you'll fall quicker than you know you fell. You understand? It'll come on you suddenly. It will. Because you're in darkness. You can't see. You think you're getting away with something. Amen. But really, people are degrading themselves and in, in dis, dishonoring God. When you sin, you dishonor God. Amen. No two ways about it. It's not cute. It's not funny. And you're not getting away with anything. God is not mocked. Amen. Whatsoever you sow, you'll reap. You know, I, I was listening to a gentleman um, uh, in let me think, what was he? It's in the House of Representatives. You know, they got rid of their speaker because he kept promising stuff to people wasn't following through. I guess they thought that would never happen. But they're breaking a lot of traditions now. This is a move of God, folks. You're liable to see anybody bounced out of anything. If Satan fell like lightning from heaven, and there's one man, they I think they they had eight people that voted to to get rid of uh, speak the speaker, and uh, one of the men, he, they interviewed him. He said something very, very interesting. He said, you know, um, I, I was torn. He said, that, that man is my friend. And I was torn. Do I vote against my friend or, or you know, because he hasn't been doing what we, we asked him to do. But I was willing to give him another chance. And I prayed about it and asked God what I should do. He said, in in he called me and was talking to me and I told him I was praying about it. He said, he made fun of me. He said, and that was my answer. He said, because I know the scripture said God will not be mocked. You understand what I'm saying? He said, so that told me how I was going to vote right then and there. You don't ever underestimate who God's talking to, what he's telling them and when your gravy train is going to run out. You understand what I'm saying? And there are people in Congress who are fighting to put the government back in the hands of we, the people, because we haven't had a say so in a long time. I'll ask in any crowd I get in a show of hands who voted for all these people, six million people so far to come across this border. And take take veterans, push veterans out of hotels. They're out homeless. And now these illegal people are taking their spots. Who voted for that? If you did, you ought to be ashamed. But nobody in their right mind votes for that. And the government's been doing this to people for ages. And I'm not a conspiracy. It ain't a theory if you got evidence of it. Amen? So you got evidence right there. It ain't, this ain't no theory no more. It's real. So, but anyway, but we have to talk about these things because this is a level that we pray on. We pray on a governmental level. We pray for the government of God to be established not these people if they're not obeying god down here he's going to change that he's going to get obedient people in here and and he's depending on us to pray that in so that he has he has all the permission he needs to get things done so so this is this is thing so we're talking about the uh we did the spirit of pharaoh he's dominant right now Amen. And this is what you need to understand about this trinity. I call it the unholy trinity. It's amazing you can you can get uh terms like this from from God 
And pretty soon you'll start hearing other people use it, like people in the secular realm will start talking about the unholy trinity, unholy triad, triangle, that kind of stuff. And so um, uh, really uh, Jezebel and Ahab work differently than Jezebel and Pharaoh. With Pharaoh, Jezebel is in the background and Pharaoh dominates. He's an aggressive, uh, works mainly through males, but there are females that, that rule in the spirit as well. It's more obvious when women do it, but it can be suppressed or, or camouflaged really easily in the personality of a man. And so we're going to talk about uh, those two. Let me see if I can find them. Okay, here they are. Okay, so we refer to them. They're they're categorized as ruling princes because they have they are in leadership positions. These are not your everyday just going along type people. These people have power. They've been given power in the second heaven, and so when we understand that that they do yield power. Uh, like the Gadarene demoniac is a Pharaoh spirit. He's controlling, intimidating, uh, rules and fear, all of that stuff. So you'll see these personalities as you study the word and, and don't, don't rub your eyes twice in, in disbelief. These things are real. Amen. They are really real. So uh, Jezebel, as a ruling spirit, Jezebel, the female deity, rules in areas where female authority dominates over a passive male so pharaoh is an aggressive male jezebel rules over a passive male but she will subject her thoughts into the male so that it looks like he's running things but he's not amen they work as a couple now you'll see and this is for found in first kings 21 8 jezebel signed king ahab's name to official documents causing another man's life and property to be taken. So when she wants something or he wants something, he'll put her in front to take it. Amen. That's Jezebel Ahab. You'll find this sometimes in, in now, um, somebody um, mentioned, and I'm not, I don't know if I've ever seen it written any, but I've heard it mentioned in in conversations with people uh in in italian ethnic uh communities and some other ones too that if if a man was being threatened by by the gang or mafia or whoever it was in that culture it was common to have the grandmother go answer the door because they they refused to kill women they men and children they want the strong man so their rules of of uh fighting and rules of they get whoever and if they they can wait forever till they get an opportunity to find you grandma goes to the door they know he's there so they say oh okay well we'll just wait around until we can catch him by himself he don't come out for months we'll just keep watching because we know he's in there and we'll watch until he comes out see and so this is very common this is the ahab and jezebel activity and it's not like people want to serve the devil this is human flesh 
and the ideas that the devil will give human flesh to do in order to survive. So these are survival tactics. They, people pick up these personalities, and you'll find, you'll find examples of them. You'll find little bits of them in all families, all cultures. All, I mean, this isn't just common to one ethnic group. You'll find it in many groups. You'll find sometimes a man will find a woman that, that likes working, and he'll slack off on his ambition. You got me? And that's not right. God put it, God can give a man more creative ideas to make money and more energy to do it than he ever could a woman. That's not right for him to sit back and let her do everything. You got me? You're to step up and take your rightful place. But if you're intimidated and you're scared and you don't know how to face your responsibility, then you'll let this happen. Okay. And so anyway, he caused, she caused another man's life and property to be taken. That was, um, uh, geez, what was his name? It, no, no, it was, uh, Naboth. Did you say Naboth? Okay, yeah, thank you. That was his vineyard that was taken. When you take a man's property in Israel, you take his inheritance. All of his children, grandchildren, all down the line, they'll be in poverty. They'll be slaves to somebody because they have no land to cultivate. Land was life. And the spirit takes true spiritual life, joy, and harmony away from people. It is evident that a dominant female must usurp authority over the male in order to gain control. Since the man is the head of the wife, this headship role must be relinquished or relaxed in order for the female to dominate. Therefore, the seed of false authority must have a cooperative pair in order to function. Jezebel gains control often by being helpful to the husband. She helped him. She helped him. She helped him. And he got, he profited out of it. So you'll see many times women, because they want control, they'll start out helping the man and pretty soon they're running everything. Got me? So Jezebel gains control by being helpful. Homes are splitting with the increase of female control wealth. They just, you can't hold a house together without proper headship. Often women begin to work outside the home in order to help the family, quote, get ahead. So now that we've had, I would say, at least four or five decades of this system getting ahead, have we gotten ahead? Well, if you got to think about it. If a head is having transvestites come in and teach your children and having pornography in your schools and your libraries at your schools, huh? And having a suicide rate go up, drug abuse rate go up amongst you, nothing's improved, folks. In fact, it's gotten worse. How long, when did we declare the war on drugs? About 50 years ago. And we're still warring and we're not winning. We haven't won that one yet. And here you got a wide open border. More stuff's coming in. So, yeah, it has not helped, okay? Because this is bigger than the household. What's going on in our society is bigger than the household. If a man becomes passive and discontinues working or taking headship responsibilities in the home, then what started out as a good idea becomes a point of strife in the family. 
resentment on the part of the woman because her husband won't do what he's supposed to do may cause an already discouraged man to give up his God-given position as head of the home. There's nothing wrong with women working to help the family get ahead. However, before a family makes any plans, they should ask God's permission, direction, and blessing on what they do. Otherwise, you could be falling into the snare of the enemy. When it's something that's blanket throughout society, you know what's behind it. The enemy's trying to snare people. Agreement between husband and wife is essential to any successful godly plan. There are fruits evident in Jezebel's control situations in the family. The absence of a male sometimes occurs through early death, divorce, lack of marriage, or domestic violence. The lack of fathering and children leads to insecurities, rejection, fear of rejection, lack of discipline, self-control, early death due to dishonoring parents, Imprisonment is in Deuteronomy 28.41. The male role of covering or protecting the female is broken down or absent and is missing. <clears throat> covering allows no shelter from demonic influences in the family. That's why you have a husband and wife married. Because the home is upright for, before God. God can honor what you do. And it's in, he sends protection. You have missing elements. You don't have that. Period. Now, you can, don't, don't get me wrong, there are exceptions to everything. You'll find situations where a woman is a praying woman, she's in church, she's faithful to God. God will begin to bless. But, but there are going to be some snares somewhere. You know, a bad situation cannot have good fruit. Tree is known by the fruit it bears. You got me? If your root is, is messed up, then the fruit's going to be messed up. Now, you can get some good, some good harvest off of that sometimes, but the absence of a male, that's a devil's playground. He loves that. And tell your boy he's a girl. And if a mother isn't strong enough to, to just bring the father in and straighten that out, wherever he is, does she know where he is? You, you can't do this by yourself. It's not God ordained. If that were going to work, then God's a liar. Consequently, Satan is able to attack the family at will by deceiving the woman. A deceived man may abandon the family feeling himself useless or not loved or needed. You know, men need to know they're loved and appreciated, folks. Adultery spirits attack the male as he battles spirits of incest brought in through the mothering, domineering behavior of the wife. You have a woman that does everything and the man is turned off. Now, don't make me spell it out for y'all. Y'all can think. Just say one plus one is what? That's what I thought. So that's this is a one plus one equals two situation. Say hard to figure out. The man may have difficulty relating sexually to a woman he considers a mother figure. Also, the man may try to retaliate against a domineering woman through the uh, the rejection and humiliation of adultery. People use adultery and troubled marriages to pay each other off, to pay each other back, get even with each other. Another disturbing manifestation of Jezebel's influence is the increase of childbearing outside of wedlock. 
even in situations where there is a male present, where there's no legal marriage, there's no godly protection or blessing. Homosexual households are an abomination to the Lord, even though all people are capable of feeling love and desiring to rear children. There is a command by God to raise children in his nurture and admonition. Nurture is the mother's role. Admonition is in line with the male's role. The father sets up barriers that the kids are not allowed to cross, and they know how to enforce it. Women not so good at it. And fam, unless they have godly influence, and the Holy Spirit can come into a woman, give her wisdom, and help her with this. But it's a hard road. Amen. It's a hard road when you got two people. And families where godly single parents raise children, God, of course, will be a husband or wife wherever necessary until that person marries or, if God wills, continues in a single state or the marriage is reconciled where there's been divorce or separation. Jezebel also works in the church as a religious power. While many look for a domineering type of woman to carry the spirit, it can also be carried by passive men. But, but the power works in manipulative, sweet, and subtle ways. That is, as a helper. Pity, sympathy, non-abrasive moods are also weapons of Jezebel, as seen in the story of Rachel and Jacob. Baron Rachel envied her sister Leah, who was able to bear children for their mutual husband Jacob. Competition led Rachel to send her passive husband Jacob to her maid to conceive by her. As as you are beginning to see, the Jezebel Ahab personalities are very common. These are common things that happens to people. You have to learn how to put it in check with the word of God and by the spirit of God. And I don't do that. I don't tell my husband what to do. I don't disrespect him. I don't tell him he, he can't bring in enough money and I got to go work. You don't do that. If you're going to help, help. Let him tell you what to do. If he don't give you something to do, go sit down. All flesh is capable of giving in to these spiritual forces. Sexual manipulation and flirting are weapons used by the spirit to wield power over a man as she used against Samson, one of God's judges. A male Jezebel is seen in the manipulation of David's daughter, Tamar, by her half-brother, Amnon. Amnon used weapons of pity, male domineering, in order to lure his sister to his bedside and rape her. After a while, his hatred of her was as great as his love for her. So devil's trap. He thought he was in love. Anybody been there? Think you've been in love? The devil springs a trap and you get boom. He was later murdered by his brother Absalom. That is the lust, hate, and murder triad. That's where we get that prayer from. Amen. Jezebel tries to control God's prophets or mouthpieces through intimidation by her messengers. So she knows how to fight fire with fire. She won't do it herself. She'll manipulate some messenger to do it and come and tell you, you can't, who told you to, you know, you ever, God ever use you and a voice comes to you later and tells you you did wrong? That happens to everybody. That's her. She'll send her messenger and tell you, you shouldn't have done that. I'm coming after you. and You can't get away with that. Don't do that no more. Amen. So the same spirit of intimidation comes against many preachers now. This is why we strip her of her weapons when we pray. 
She sits on a throne, a seat of authority, but she wields much power and influence on the earth and in the heavenlies. Ahab. We first meet King Ahab in 1 Kings 16. It is said that he did evil in the sight of the Lord above all, that he was the worst of the worst. Why? Because of who he was married to. He began by doing evil and then compounded that evil by his marriage to Jezebel, who was a pagan royalty. He built an altar to Baal and had a seat of pagan worship among the people of God. The wall of Jericho was rebuilt during this time, having its foundation laid in human sacrifice. During Ahab's reign, there was severe drought in Ahab has regard for the plight of the people. Ahab referred to the prophet of God as the troller of Israel. So, so whenever people, ministers especially, don't want prophets around them, that's the spirit. They're under Ahab's influence. If anybody going to prophesy, it's going to be me. See that jealousy of the prophet's authority and power with God. Seeing God's servant as a threat rather than as an oracle gift of God. Somebody can help you out when you're in trouble. They don't see it that way. They see it as a threat. Ahab also compromised with the enemy in sparing the life of King Ben-Hadad of Syria, perhaps by feeling a kinship to him because of his marriage to Jezebel, an act that proved fatal to him. In its apparent, it is apparent that Ahab is proud and ambitious, having his own ideas as to how he, he will govern the people of God. Perhaps his biggest sin is that of, a, of his allowing his wife to use his God-given authority. See, when she signed his name, that was the same as God signing that. So they, she's not scared of God. Instead of obeying God, it is not it is not known that Ahab allowed Jezebel to do this, but it appears that he profited by what she did. Because she was allowed to share in his rule, she shared his judgment. She was killed by the order of King Jehu, the dogs consuming her voice, her corpse, nothing left but her hands, feet, and skull. That's why the the prayer we have against Jezebel is to bind her hands because they're left. That's That's witchcraft. When the hands are left, that's a witchcraft spirit. Amen. So we take authority over her hands and forbid her to do her witchcrafts. Amen. The primary sin of Ahab Jezebel pairs their lack of reverence for God. In families that are godless, a pagan or pagan in their view of life, there are all types of variations of this theme. An Ahab male will use the wife as a shield from creditors and other authority figures. The Jezebel female will use her role as helper, that's legitimate from God, to gain power in a more subtle way. Neither power party relying on the word of God or the leading of the Holy Spirit to define their roles or guide their lives. When one or both spouses enter into covenant with God, this power is broken. But you have to work at it because if it's been a habit for you, you're going to have to break it with the word of God. But you have authority to come out from under it. Godly rule can be established through praying the word of God and godly rule into the family. One caution we will add to this teaching is that any prayer to uproot this seed of false authority should be aimed at binding all three spirits, both spirits in this one, but all three. We find that many times Jezebel is attacked, but Ahab is not addressed. 
either forcefully or not at all. You see how everybody talk about Jezebel spirit, Jezebel spirit, Jezebel. Oh, we got to get Jezebel. We gotta get. Well, what about her? You attack her all you want to, but you got to get three of them. See, they're never where you can tell they don't get their revelation from God. This is word of mouth. Amen. This is how it spreads. Wrong revelation spreads like wildfire. Amen. And so you have to attack both of them or not at all. We liken this religious attitude to that of the Pharisees who brought the woman caught in the act of adultery to Jesus to be judged, but allowed the man to go free. They both were were supposed to be brought before the seat of authority. But she got caught like by herself. Well, if you say you caught her in the act, where's the other actor? So there's always this blaming the woman theme. It's overkill. And the devil plans it that way. Why? So the other two can go off scot-free and continue to work unhindered. And you're not binding her anyway because most people quit because they don't know what they're doing and they don't get any results from it. The act of blaming the woman instead of covering and protecting her came through Adam's fallen nature. Also, the woman's role was redefined from being a sufficient helper to the man, which we still have that in redemption, to Eve, the mother of all living, by Adam after the fall. So their roles were split up in the fall, but get reunited in in um, in salvation. While we are not trying to soften the impact of Jezebel's ungodly influence, we want to make intercessors aware that thoughtful study of the relationship between these two and not prejudice against women should be the motive in attacking the spiritual seat of authority. It is a seat occupied by three deities, okay? And so much of the backlash and retaliatory warfare against prophets of God and intercessors come from Ahab's influence. As he uses cultural prejudices against women as a shield behind which he wields much authority. We encourage intercessors to examine the word to identify the source of spiritual influence and not look to suspicion, culture, race, and human expectation or human prejudice to evaluate situations that need prayer. Ask the Holy Spirit to identify you, the forces at work, behind all human behavior to see if it be of God. If it is not of God, use the word as the authority in these matters. The soft male or nice guy side of Ahab's personality often dominates in these relationships. But because the man has not been encouraged to be a a leader by lack of godly influence, prayer, or role modeling, authority becomes submerged under a nice or passive cloak and will often surface in the woman as she loses confidence in the man's ability to lead and acts without his consent. In extremely dysfunctional relationships, the man allows his role to be totally dictated by the woman. Hence the increased number of homeless, passive men who have lost confidence in their own abilities to make decisions and find employment or desire families. Now, how many of you have seen that? There are not many women who are homeless on the streets, but a lot of men are. And it's mainly because they have lost position. See? Women have chased them out of the home. We don't need you. You see, lesbian women will go get a test tube. You understand what I'm saying? The man is so not wanted anymore. They're fighting for survival. 
Often in these cases, there's sexual confusion in the passive male. Some of these men live with other men in homosexual relationships as their identities become further submerged into another's personality. It's interesting that the feminist movement in this country encourages this type of male behavior. They talk of toxic masculinity. You ever heard of that? Promoting the man who is not afraid to cry or show his emotions as positive while the authoritarian male or macho man rates a thumbs down. It's apparent that neither of these models is necessarily godly, but the emotions that each picture evokes says something about the spiritual force behind each one of these. A more dominant male, Pharaoh personality, will be examined as well. So we dealt with that uh, as in dealing with Jezebel Ahab's seat of authority, it's important to understand that they are both defeated, Jesus having spoiled principalities and powers. But now that you know the characteristics, you can be wise and not fall into it yourself. Because there's so many people who think it's normal, you know, for to not have a man in the picture. So, you know, and now that the courts are involved, I mean, it's it's murder out there. You know, it used to be if if a woman just wanted to mail out, you know, men were pretty smart. They just get missing. You understand what I'm saying? And if you don't want me, I don't want to be there. Not under those circumstances. Who wants a woman that's going to walk all over them? And many times they would hold out until there was reconciliation that came and you could reestablish normal family order. Now they're being legislated out of the family. You got me? It's easy to go to court and get a judgment against a man for child support. You know, DNA tests, no DNA. Some of them just get intimidated and go pay anyway. You understand what I'm saying? They shouldn't be in sin, but, but you know, it's it's a long road to get yourself free if you don't turn to God. This thing goes on forever because the devil has plans to put people in hell. I mean, that he's got all kinds of plans for humanity. Don't pay him short. Because who would have thought we would have some people doing the things they do out in the open now that you see being done. But he's doing it. Why? Because nobody, everybody thinks it's wonderful. It's, oh, you know, it's, it's nothing wrong with that. I love everybody. Well, that's not love. When you encourage somebody in sin and destroying themselves, there's no love there. I'm real sorry. I don't see it. I don't see it. I'm not sorry. Amen. <laughs> so anyway. So in this, in the family and in society, we just went over a list of, of characteristics of Jezebel and Ahab rule in a family situation where the man is passive and manipulative by the woman or the man will pe- pick up those characteristics and be a manipulator himself. Amen. That's when it's really bad. There is sexual confusion. That's carried in this. This is why you see all of these um, uh, encouragements for gender reassignment and gender, this gender confusion. And this used to be considered a mental disorder. But Jezebel and Ahab have manipulated this situation. They manipulated the minds of psychologists, psychiatrists, social workers. Government employs all kinds of people. They manipulated everybody's mind to where you can't speak against this because this hurts people. We have to help them, and this is how you help them. 
And so this is just totally Jezebel Ahab. There's no more blatant example that I can think of than this. Gender confusion. You know, um, Jamie Lee Curtis couldn't have children. God blessed that woman to be able to adopt two children. They, it was hard for them to find children to adopt. And they were able to, to get involved with a, a good adoption agency. Um, she was so thankful. She said, you know how Hollywood people, when they don't know God, is in something? This was meant to be. She always said that. This was meant to be. I was meant to be their mother. Everything worked out so perfectly. I'm so happy. My husband's happy. Um, this was when they were first born. Um, she She's written several good books, children's books, talking about, you know, the family, normal family. I mean, you look at what she wrote and you think the person now she's got a she said, I'm so happy I helped my son transition, my daughter transition to a boy or something. He used to be a boy. Now he's a girl. What happened to this was meant to be like God put these kids in my life. Why? To destroy them. So I was I was so proud to be the mother of a of a daughter now I'm proud to be the uh, mother of a son now I'm proud to be the mother of a daughter and who knows the other one is probably just hanging on by dear life you understand what i'm saying see this is this is satanic folks people just don't get happy to be parents one minute and the next minute they're letting their kid or encouraging it see this is what they do they encourage instead of just oh well, i don't know how this happened and my kid used to enjoy being a, a girl and or being a boy or whatever and, and now look at this, you know, I need some help. Oh no, they encourage it now. In fact, most states there are they many of them have not formed laws yet, but they side with the, the parent that encourages the transgender confusion. Because they'll tell the parent if a parent wants their kid to be the sex they were born in. You can't, you don't have a say. They side with the trans, the confusion. It's in the courts, it's in government, it's in families, everywhere. So we got work to do to take a stand. You, we, The church can't just sit up and watch this stuff. You know, not any longer. We should have been watching it and just shrugging our shoulders. You know, that's what you do. You don't think it's that bad. It's sin, it's ugly, it's perverted, it's wrong, but you make a judgment. It's not that bad. Well, it's not for you to judge. God's already judged this stuff. It's wicked, it's evil, it destroys people. Now we got young people coming forth where they've had mastectomies. They're, they're complaining that they had genital surgery that's, that's never worked, botched. These people are just experiment. These are ghouls experimenting on human beings who have been manipulated mentally by these evil demon forces. And this is why we pray. This is why we don't stop praying. And this is why I don't care who don't like it. I don't stop praying. You understand what I'm saying? I've been given my assignment. I know right from wrong. I have a Bible to concur. Everything I read you today is strictly out of the word of God. So we have, as the apostles say, uh, irrefutable evidence. Amen. 
uh, you can't argue with God's word. You, you talk to him about it if you don't like it, but I'm telling you, it's not negotiable. Because you see the destruction. See, before it was evident how bad it was, people could argue about it. There's, there's no, there's no looking away now. You gotta confront this stuff and look at it for what it is and put it into it. So we're gonna pray a curse of Jezebel. We're gonna get Jezebel, curse of Jezebel takes care of Ahab with that. And we strip her of our weapons. And we thank you, Lord, that she is stripped. She didn't have anything against us anymore. And we can dethrone her. Do what we uh, need to do on your behalf. Because Jesus is Lord of all. He has given us authority over all the works of the devil. You don't have to be afraid of any of this. You don't have to be afraid of retaliation. We already take care of retaliation. The devil wants to come to your house. You get popped in the head twice. You got me. We don't put up with his stupidity. So, Father, we thank you. We bless you. We praise you. You are God. You know what you're doing. You're the head of the church, and we honor you as that. You've given us our assignment to make known to principalities and powers the manifold wisdom of God, and we thank you for that. Jezebel, we pray against you. We strip you of your weapons of control, of death. We break soul ties between you and your children. We break the power of unforgiveness, guilt, rejection, the evil report. We break the power of gossip. Criticism, pain and fear, double-mindedness, headaches, witchcraft, insanity, compromise and sympathy. We break the power of self-pity and all of its manifestations. The false judge, the false accuser, false comforter, false advocate, the defender of sin, passive-aggressive behaviors. We put division between you and your husbands, uh, Ahab and Pharaoh. We break the power of the pleasure season of sin deception, lawlessness, and seduction. We curse the fruit and and seed of your works over the people. We curse the fruit of poverty, sexual seduction, early death, sickness, and child abuse in Jesus' name. We bind harlotry. We lose commitment. We bind control. We lose submission. We bind death and lose life. We bind separation. We lose marriage and unity. We bind witchcraft over children. We bind your hands and your weapons of pity, sympathy, compromise, fear, retaliation, headaches, witchcraft, insanity, double-mindedness, depression, bitterness, unforgiveness, guilt, fault-finding, pain, fear, rejection, criticism, gossip, backbiting, the evil report, effeminate spirits, masculine spirits, intimidation spirits, and sexual seduction and gambling. We break the curse of early death, of poverty and sickness in the name of Jesus. We cut soul ties between you and your children. We cancel your ministry to the body of Christ in Jesus' name. We break the power of the adulterous woman. We silence the voices of the seven women who take care of hold of one man saying, We will eat our own food and wear our own apparel. Only let us be called by your name to take away our reproach. In the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for canceling Jezebel's ministry to the body of Christ, that your children are on holy ground, your people are secure and protected from her power. In the name of Jesus, we bind retaliation. She has nothing to retaliate with. We stripped her of her weapons already. And Lord, we thank you that your people are free. 
Thank you, Lord. The people we pray for are free. We thank you, Lord. Our country is free. We are one nation under God and not under these demonic entities. So we cancel their assignment against the nation of America and their influence all over the world. And we honor you, Lord, and we thank you for blessing this nation as a free nation again. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen, amen, and amen again. Praise God. I don't, why don't we do our declaration? Sorry about that. I don't have Rona. She don't have me. I can't get Rona. She can't get me. I don't have, and you talk about whatever else you're fighting. Amen. I got pills to get rid of. <laughs> Amen. And these pills don't have me. I thank you, Lord, that by your stripes we are healed. Amen. Amen. And amen again. It's so decreed. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Okay, so take your healing, Chuck, because you sure came late to dinner. 